and welcome back to the Behind the Tea podcast with Robin Kelly. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to continue our conversation about the Calgary bubble and focus on the teams that are, will be attending the Briar and also the mixed doubles. So before we get started, um, Rob... Um, this won't take long at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. We have to correct ourselves um, because in last week's episode, we did mention some things that are no longer correct. Uh, in these days, news travels uh, really quickly and in not even a span of 24 hours from when we recorded last week's episode. I know. There's already I things that came out. Yeah, I can't wait true. to hear what comes down the news pipe tomorrow. Pretty much everything we say today will probably be wrong. Uh, we record these on Sunday afternoons, and I usually edit them the following day. And um, yeah, things already changed. But you know what? We'll keep it in last week's episode. Um, but before we get started, I think we need to acknowledge um, the Super Bowl, since it's something that we've been talking a lot about in the past couple weeks. And, and that again, we both got wrong. <laughs> seriously, do not follow our recommendations if you're into sport betting, because were we off in our predictions. I know. I remember going back on an earlier episode back at like December and I was like, oh, Tom Brady's not going to, they're not even going to make the, play maybe I said they'd make the playoffs, but I was guaranteeing that they wouldn't go very far. And well, you know the story. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, uh, I think, and a lot of people were cheering for the Chiefs or like they were the favorites to win. And I don't know what happened, but like Mahomes did not show up in that game at all. I don't know, though. I, I still felt like he was so impressive. I remember seeing him getting flipped in the air and somehow heaving the ball 30 yards downfield. And I remember it going off a receiver's face because he was like, whoa, he actually threw that? Yeah. Well, I, he, he really got no help. Oh, not a, I don't know what it was. I mean, I, I haven't been following the Chiefs very closely or I don't know that much about, about football. But from what I saw, I was just like, why can't you guys like make a play happen? And I know. You've made it look so easy all year. Yeah. So I was actually shocked that, like, it wasn't even a close game in case anybody didn't watch it. It, like, Brady and the Buccaneers just stole the show. And just kind of a fun fact about this, too. So I don't know if you know this, but um, the Stanley Cup last year was won by Tampa Bay. The Super Bowl was won by Tampa Bay. The World Series was almost won by Tampa Bay. They lost in the final. So, oh wow! I guess what What's we have in the to water say, in Tampa I know, Bay. yeah. And to their baseball team, the Rays, what the hell's the matter with you? You couldn't win the championship. <laughs> you failed your city. That's right. They're the team that's uh, pegged to be moving to Montreal one day, hopefully. So I'm hoping oh. that as punishment, like uh, you guys, your Tampa Bay is too good for you. Come Wasn't here, it? we'll cheer for you as losers. Was Tampa Bay the city that they're talking about doing like half a season in Montreal and half a season in Tampa? Because That's right. also half of Quebec moves to Tampa Bay in the wintertime anyway. That's right. <laughs> We'd be getting a pretty good team. Yeah. Well, I also had another thought the other day. Not that important, but um, so, you know, when Tom Brady was with the Patriots, everyone loved to hate Brady. It's like you either love Brady and you love Brady if you're a Patriots fan or you hated him if you're a fan of every other team. So I can I wonder if lifelong Tampa Bay fans, if there are any, you know, they spent the past few years shitting on Brady, hating on Brady, and then they got Brady and then Brady won them a Super Bowl. Are they now Brady stands? I think like, so. How would, you, how would you feel as a, Tampa, a Buccaneers fan where... Like you have to, you can't hate on Brady anymore. He brought you no, a Super Bowl. I, I, th I would think they converted pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that there's not much reason for them to hate him because he never played against or not very often would the Patriots mm -hmm. go up against Tampa Bay. They're in different divisions. So that's true. But it's just the fact that Brady's Brady. He's a legend and a God and everyone loves to hate him. Right. That's so. right. And one more quick uh, football comment, because, uh, and I guess this is a good transition to curling, which is what we're supposed to be talking about. But um, I'm trying to think, like most of the times for the Super Bowl, I've watched it at people's houses or with my family or, but this was the first Super Bowl I, in a long time that I can remember that I was watching by myself in my apartment because, you know, coronavirus. And um, so I had to suffer through the Canadian commercials. Aren't so they bad. awful? 
I, I was expecting to see like the big $15 million ad spots. And then I get those uh, skip the dishes ads with that guy and his servant. And the. And, and I remember sending is you a message. Same? This is like watching curling. Yeah. And it was the same three commercials every break. That's right. Like it was so repetitive. Yeah. And you can totally tell the demographic because it was skip the dishes, quest trade, which quest trade. is, yeah. And it's kind of funny because I just opened a quest trade account a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, guess, guess you I should be talking to me all condescending like they do in the Rob. Hope is not a plan. <laughs> I don't know. God. And then what was the other one too? That was pretty Expedia. Common? Yeah. Again, not like we can travel, but yeah. Oh, and there was another one. I don't remember, but it was. And then they would show like one American Super Bowl commercial and it was kind mm-hmm. of just randomly in the middle. And boy, could you really tell like the one that I remember was the one with the Jason Alexander hoodie. Oh, I don't remember that one. Oh, you should go YouTube. Okay, it. I'll it go was, YouTube it. I don't even know if it was that good, but compared mm-hmm. to the Canadian ads, it stood out as hilarious. Well, thing, same thing with the Canadian ads. Those are the ones we've been seeing every commercial break for. Like they didn't change them up for the Super Bowl. It's the same <laughs> ones. So... Yeah, it was like watching curling, maybe even worse. So I don't know what we're going to watch tonight or for the rest of the year. I guess we're lucky that uh, the Scotties will start next weekend. That's right. So we just have to make it through this week. That's right. One more week to go and we'll have actual curling to talk about. I know. <laughs> Something it's been we a can... long time coming. I know. We need content for next week because you're running out of ideas. But speaking of women's curling... Um, so it was announced this week that the Women's Worlds, um, which were supposed to be held in Switzerland, have officially been canceled, which is unfortunate, yet not surprising. Like, I was totally expecting these to be canceled. I don't, I, logistically, I think it would have been a really um, hard, hard event to move forward with. I agree. I don't know what your thoughts yeah. on that. No, I agree. It's really too bad. And, um, but when you think about it, how can you get, or how can you safely get 12 different mm-hmm. teams from all over the world to converge on one play? It, I just don't see how, I mean, for that re- regard, I don't really see how the men should be going ahead because yeah. talking about the bubble, I, okay. All the Canadian teams are in a bubble, but you're still inviting 11 other, is it 11? I don't know. Other countries to come here. I, I actually think we should cancel the men's as well. Yeah. Just out I, of, and kind of out of solidarity. I wouldn't be surprised if the men's gets canceled as well. I think they're just waiting to see maybe if the situation changes, which at this point, I don't think it will. But yeah. I think they're just delaying the, the announcement just in case. Um, but for the other countries coming, I mean, it would be the same thing in Switzerland, but at least in Canada, if you're traveling internationally, like you have to quarantine two weeks after arrival. And now as of, I think this coming week, um, people who are flying into Canada, you have to, you can only fly in through like four airports and you have to quarantine at a specific hotel for a certain, like a minimum of three days or something until you get like two negative tests. And that is also all at your own expense. Right. So for these teams coming to play in the men's world like it's going to be even more expensive than a normal year so there's a lot more costs and then god forbid something someone catches something en route to to calgary then you've just wasted um a lot yeah. of money and time and that's it I, yeah and i'm thinking of how other canadian sports have handled it um for instance uh I think baseball was one of the first to come back. Uh, the Blue Jays never made it to Toronto. They played out of the U.S. all of last year because they couldn't keep crossing the border and we couldn't yeah. let all these other teams cross the border. The NHL has realigned all the divisions so the Canadian teams only play the Canadian team so that there's no cross-border travel. The Toronto Raptors are playing out of, well, Tampa Bay, so you know how they're going to do. <laughs> um, actually, they're not doing so well from what I understand. But anyway... Um, yeah, there's still, we've closed the border for every other sport. So yeah. I don't know how we can justify opening it for teams from 11 other countries. Yeah, and also too, um, there's a ban on non-essential travel. So like, for instance, we're Canadian. So if we decide to leave, we are allowed, they will let us back into the country. But 
if you don't, if you're not a Canadian citizen, you're only allowed to come in for essential travel. So does curling count? A, a curling championship count as essential travel? <laughs> I don't know. I, as much I as I want to defend print. curling, as much as I want to defend it, I don't know. I don't think so. So yeah, I yeah, I think it's going to be canceled. They're just watch this be the one thing we get right. Oh my we can God. say you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but no, like if they're not having it in Switzerland, they're not going to have it in Canada. Like the situation's not going to change in the span of a month. And kind of like what we've been saying all year is that um, this year is, I mean, a write-off, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. it's uh, We're happy to have something to watch and talk about next week. But in terms of actually declaring champions and things like that, I really don't see much point. Let's just start fresh next year and hope that we never have to do this again. Well, I guess the one... The one point of having the Elisa Nationals is to get um, a qualifying spot to the Olympic trials. And this is something that the World Curling Federation has yet to announce because if the world championships would have happened this year, uh, the performance of certain countries would affect their uh, eligibility to play in the Olympics. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, yeah, still to see what the uh, WCF uh, decides to do and what countries will be eligible to play in the Olympics, if there is an Olympics. Because again, Oh, don't say it. Don't say that, Kelly. Okay, I won't say it. I still want there to be a Summer Olympics this year. I know that's that's uh, becoming less. Oh, that's officially canceled. Yeah. It isn't officially, though, is it? Isn't it? No, no, it's not official. I mean, it probably will be. Well, I oh I think it's the head organize like the head person organizational committee got like canceled if you because he oh. made a comment. Did you hear about that? Was that about how athletes should be vaccine prioritized? No, not at all. Oh. This well, is that, there was um, that, but okay. Well, okay, you know how uh, Japan is a very still traditional country in terms of social structure. Okay. Um. So the head guy of the Olympic committee for the Tokyo Olympics made a comment about how women shouldn't be part of like the boardroom because they talk too much. And oh, that's right. I did hear that. Oh my God. Yeah, it was. Oh my God. Anyway, so he officially, officially um, stepped I did down. see that. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. But Boy, yeah. Depressing news. But uh, I mean, let's be real. Even if the Olympics do happen this summer, there's not going to be a uh, it won't People. be the same. No, it no. won't be fun. Like, uh, I don't no. know. I'm not enjoying sports the way I used to, to be honest with you. But um, actually, just one more quick thought on the Tournament of Hearts starting, because you made this point, um, not with our mics on, but like during the week that is there even a point to competing if there's no um, women's worlds to uh, to go to? And I, I mean, if I'm representing a province like Quebec or... Um, or that where you're thrilled to just have a spot at the national event. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would go, but if you're Rachel Homan who wins this quite often, Jennifer Jones, I mean, there's nothing Um, to play for. If you're them, is there? The only thing to play for is a, uh, a spot to the Olympic trials because whoever wins automatically gets um, a spot. So I don't remember if Homan already has a spot though. I think she does. I would think. I I remember looking this up and I've already forgotten. That's how how well prepared I am. Well, Einerson already has a spot because she won last year. Mm-hmm. And then I think whoever wins the Canada Cup. Oh, they didn't have a Canada Cup Which this they year. didn't know, yeah. Oh, <laughs> It's going to get complicated. Yes. <laughs> I guess, yeah, go to the Tournament of Hearts, play it out. Don't get sick, hopefully. Yeah. If anything, it'll get you points. Because I think that's the only way they're going to select the teams for the trials is they'll have to go on points because no one played this year. That's right. And actually, speaking of more things I've forgotten, because um, last week we did our, we made predictions and mm-hmm. I've already forgotten them. And I even listened to our episode. Did you write them down? Yes, I did. Oh, good. You're better than me. So we're both, we, we both think that Team Homan is going to win. But in terms of the top three in the playoffs, I picked uh, Team Canada, so Einerson and Alberta, so Laura, Laura Walker. Walker. And then... <laughs> You picked Carrie and Jones. Oh, for sure. Chelsea Carey. But I want to throw it out there now. Now that there's no world women's, watch Einerson win it again. Can you imagine winning two Canadian titles and not even getting one chance to represent Canada? 
Hey, that's going to be a, tr- a good trivia question one day. I like, know. That's why I'm, I'm changing my prediction. I can do this, right? It hasn't started. So I'm. Okay. So, but who are you kicking off, Carrie or Jones? Oh, boy. What a hard decision here. Um, I know. I don't know. It's all meaningless because it's not like we've seen them play at all. Um, it's not meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is the only thing we have going for us. I'm going to say Jones is still a, a, a factor because. Consider okay. this. She has uh she'll be going for her seventh tournament of hearts title, I believe. She mm-hmm. is six. And Tom Brady just got his seventh ring. It's an arms Ooh. race between Jennifer Jones and uh Tom Brady. So she'll have to one up him now. And I have to say, I would be really interested in seeing uh a Lisa Weagle versus Homan final. I want to see that, yeah. Okay, so then you're we're crossing off Carrie for you then and replacing. Okay, yeah. Let's okay. put I'm going to have Jones, Holman, and Einerson as my top three. I can't believe I'm discounting Chelsea Carey, but... I mean, I think she's playing in the mixed doubles. Oh, even better. You can cheer for her then. Okay, so even if I can't put her in my top three, I want to... If she actually does pull this off, I want to... On the record, I called it. Okay. <laughs> um. So we also have uh, some new changes in terms of the rules for the Calgary bubble. So you know how you mentioned that like once the teams go into the bubble, they can only go from the hotel to the um, arena and back. No stopping for Tim Hortons drive through. Um, they can't even go for a walk outside. Like you literally have to uh, stay in your room. Brutal. Um, and it, it's hard because you think, oh, a little walk outside to get some fresh air. There's no danger, but it's. Um, well, I wouldn't really want to walk around Calgary in March anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they make it a Chinook, you know, around That's that true, time. That's true, if if they get one. Yeah, but I guess the reason why they're preventing them from going for walks is that you can't control who they'll cross or if they'll cross people. Not that they'll, like, intentionally go meet people, but you're right. can't control anything. So it makes sense. Um, and, again, like, everyone has their own room. And apparently before – so I heard this, too, from um, – the inside curling podcast which we got to you keep promoting um and they had um emma miskew on and so she kind of said went through some of like the rules changes because they're about to head out soon um so before teams were allowed to like intermingle within the hotel because technically only people they're in part the bubble. of the bubble are in the hotel and everyone's tested negative but now they changed it that like you really have to stick to your own team and if you like cross paths with someone in the hallway like you can have like a brief discussion but you really can't mingle with people and again it really sucks but I guess it makes sense just in the event that like someone does catch it like you're just reducing the spread even more oh yeah I mean you can't be too careful but and good news, though, is that uh, they will not need to wear masks on the ice while playing. So it seems like it's standard rules. Um, I think we had brought okay. the question up. Yeah. Like, it would have been interesting to play with the new C, uh, Curling Canada rules. But Yeah, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to see it just to see what it looks like with the one sweep, like really one sweeper. And uh, well, they I, I kind of want to see them play in that. But that's it. Yeah. But yeah. It, I, to have it be a rule, that would have been interesting. Because, yeah, yeah, we never got to try the, out the, the new COVID rules. No, no. And apparently, too, uh, Misky was saying that they, they're a new team. They have one new player. Um, and they've only played five ends together all year. Oh, my God. Wow. So it's going to be interesting. And I'm sure they're not the only team who's, right. who's like that. I think I saw something um, back in October. I was pretty sad about how um, we were not able to curl, but some of these teams were. There was a little bit of curling in October, I think, before things got a lot worse. And um, I seem to remember Jones winning an event. So I Mm -hmm. think they've played more than just a full, they've played more than five ends together. But I mean, I think that was several months ago. So we're pretty much starting from scratch. And actually, maybe I'll throw this out there. You know, the provinces that we usually give a hard time to, like the Maritimes, New Brunswick always comes up. I believe, could this be their year? Because in some of them, I don't think all of them, but some of them were able to have legitimate provincials. They've actually played more than five ends. Well, it's because the Maritimes had their own bubble going on. So you can travel within the Maritime provinces. Um, And yeah, like I think Ontario and Quebec were the first provinces to go on to full lockdown. So I know like the prairies, like Alberta, Saskatchewan. Yeah, they they held on a little longer. Yeah. 
but still they all went into quarantine at the end of last year so yeah it's gonna be interesting and also too like these tournaments are really long and if ever i'm sure not a lot of people have played in them but if you have like you'll know that it's really exhausting because you're playing a minimum of two games every day for like a whole week and that's before you reach the playoffs so if you've been pretty um not active in the past couple months oh i can i can see your body hurting after uh day three it's gonna be interesting i yeah i listened to the same podcast that you just plugged (laughs) and um (laughs) it was uh the podcast which shall not be named (laughs) we'll mention them if they if they uh, if they yeah, follow yeah. us back, we'll mention them. But uh, I heard okay. Emma Miskew's interview too. And uh, I remember she, um, like she was saying, I hope there's no injuries. But when she mentioned that, I was going, oh boy, yeah, there's probably going to yeah. be a few. When you think about mm-hmm. how um, sore we feel after, uh, I mean, we're not super elite athletes, but um, how sore you feel when you curl for the first time. And I, I don't think there's anything you can do to prepare yourself, no matter how fit you are, mm-hmm. no matter how Brad Jacobs-like you are. Uh, to simulate a grinding full week of competition yeah. with more round robin games, or if you make the championship pool now with the expanded field, you're correct it's me if I'm wrong. You're going to play more games than you usually do. Oh yeah, um, and it's true because in curling you use a lot of muscles that you don't normally use in other sports. Yeah. Like that's the one thing we hear from people who curl for the first time, and the next day they're just like, "Oh, I didn't know I had muscles there," because you get. Uh, that's Especially right. like in the thighs and, and like yeah. certain parts in your arms. By the way, quick thought. When we were talking about how to get people to try curling, that's something that has to be made clear to them. We have to tell them it, you it's going to hurt, but only once. Because if, yeah. if we felt like that every time we curled, we would not do it. No. Nope, we wouldn't. Yeah. All right. So do you want to keep, uh, do you want to continue our conversation and go th- uh, from last week and go through the teams that will be at the briar let's do it okay let's see who we got so let's do kind of like a roll call like we like we did for the women's so if we start off with team canada uh with brad gushu oh again a, a little side note here i saw another meme on the internet that was comparing <laughs> gushu to brad uh, to tom brady um, because Gushu too has won so many times, Brady's won so many times, and they had like all the stats to compare. And then at the end, it was um, how many streets are named after them, and it was Gushu one <laughs> and Brady zero. <laughs> Although that'll change one day. Oh, I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm, maybe sure. Tampa's like has that in the works already. But um, yeah, Gushu, and I think the rest of the team too. They each got a name street. A street named after them um, after their win at the Olympics in Torino, Italy, which I don't remember the year. It was like early to 2006, 2006, mid 2000s, which seems like ages ago now. Interesting note. um, Team Canada is seeded number three overall. Yeah. Interesting. Again, how do they seed them? Because no one's played this year. I'm not sure. Yeah, like I don't know if they voted, if the if the teams voted or whatever. But mm-hmm. they're in Pool B, and Pool B has team number two and three, uh, okay. one and four in Pool A. But yeah, they're team number three. I'm sure, like the top three or top five are all. Oh yeah, like what difference does it make? Same. Yeah, exactly. But I think uh, they're a big contender for this year. The team the team is still the same as in previous years. No changes there. Um, so Alberta, we got uh, team Brendan Botcher. Um, same team as last year too, I think. That's right. Legendary uh, coach Don Bartlett, longtime Kevin Martin lead. Oh, really? <laughs> that was before. Oh, you my should time. know that. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. Oh, the, the hate mail is going to come flooding back, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that Martin hasn't uh, gone into coaching. I mean, I'm not surprised, but uh, his son, um, Karik. Karik, or however we say it. <laughs> yeah, he's the lead and he's the son of Kevin Martin. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, one of yeah. my, uh, we went to a, a university nationals in Edmonton. You were there too, actually. Yeah. 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 And um, one of my teammates, we played against uh, some of those members and it was not pretty. They put a pretty big beat down on us, but um, Karik Martin, or I think we were calling him Carrick Martin, but one of my teammates misheard me say his name. He was, wait, his name is Carrot? <laughs> Does he have a brother named Radish? Or like, is Kevin Martin naming his bro- his sons after vegetables? But no, oh, that was uh, us hard. misinterpreting it's things. It's a very, 
But I mean, it's the first time I've heard that name. So. Yeah, I've never heard of another Karik. Nope. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, we got Team BC uh, with Steve Laycock right. uh, with Jim Carter at third. By the way, sorry, Team Alberta yep. was ranked number four overall. Uh, okay. Team BC, where are you, BC? Oh, you must be further down. Yeah. Um, BC, yeah, ranked number 12. Well, Laycock, uh, he's originally from Saskatchewan. That's right. Like this team I, last year, I thought was the biggest disappointment. They, mm-hmm. um, like Jim Cotter has uh, been a well-known name in curling for a long time. And they've uh, they've had some pretty strong performances at the Briar. They were one game away from the, uh, the Olympics in Sochi, I think it was. They lost. Yeah, that was when they worst. had John Morris, right? Yeah. So I figured Steve Laycock going over to that team would be a pretty good uh, addition, uh, but they were really not impressive at last year's Briar. They didn't even make the championship pool. Yeah, I mean, Steve, Steve Laycock is good, but I don't think he's that much better than a lot of the other men. Yeah, played. I think they're a victim of the fact that the, the field is so strong that yeah. somebody is going to have a pretty bad record, and last year it was them. So yeah. I think that's why they're number 12. Although there's not much competition in BC, so like I'm not surprised to see them coming out of that province. It's true. Well, Tyler Cotter. Tardy is the the next big name, and he's oh, there yeah. actually as their uh, alternate. Oh, and Jerry Adam, longtime uh, coach of who was it? Pat Simmons, I think. Oh, another uh, Saskatchewan. Yeah, more throwbacks. Yeah, good Saskatchewan connection. All right, so our favorite team from Manitoba is uh, Jason Gunluxon. All uh, right. With Adam Casey, Wozniak, and Connor Negovin, if I'm pronouncing that right. That's right. The return of Matt Wozniak. And where are they ranked? They are ranked number eight. They're in pool A. Okay. Solid. Uh, yeah. I'm not Kathy Gauthier's son is the alternate, Jacques Gauthier. Jacques Gauthier. Yeah, he's defending, straight out of juniors as yeah, well. Yeah, defending junior champion. Kathy won't be biased at all. Not at all. <laughs> but it'll be great to see Gillickson. He's uh, loves he's fun his to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then um, so we're also li- we're naming these team off of the curling.ca website, and the only team not to have a picture is Team New Brunswick, <laughs> <laughs> our favorite province. Um, unfortunately, I don't know any of these names. Um, oh, you know their na- James Gratton. I need a face. He represents New Brunswick every year from Oromocto. <laughs> He always wears a baseball cap. A lot of guys wear baseball caps. I know, but oh boy. You, okay, you'll recognize if you do a quick Google of James Gratton, you'll you'll see him. He's James Gratton from Oromocto. He's there every year or almost <laughs> every year. Uh, but good for him. Like he's uh I know we we uh we've mentioned things about New Brunswick, but what I like about that team is that you could tell they would be a pretty or every time he's been at the Briar, he can keep up with the big names and you just mm. look at them and go, if they ever had practice opportunities, if they could ever travel the country with the rest of the teams, they would be decent. Kind of like a Menard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Like, I Googled him and I definitely recognize his face, but the name just escaped me. And That's- his normal third, Paul Dobson, it says here is not going to be participating. So Jonathan Buick or Buke, Buke? not sure how to say that. B-E-U-K. Yeah, even though I've curled against him, I should know that. Oh. Um, he uh, is stepping in. He was at the Briar a couple of years ago on that Scott McDonald team out of Ontario. Oh, yeah. And okay. um, yep, they're from Oromocto, just confirming. Oromocto, where is that uh, relative? It's near to Fredericton. Mountain? It's near Fredericton. Oh, okay. I've been to Oromocto. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sure. Or I've, I've driven through it. It sounds like a place that any Vic Router fan should just uh, travel to, but I think I drove through it. <laughs> yeah. Team Newfoundland, we have a new team because Gushu's representing Canada. And usually if he's not representing Canada, he's representing uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. So we have Team Greg Smith with Greg Blyde at third, second Alex McDonough and lead Evan McDonough. And they are team number 14. Yeah, they look relatively young too. Yeah, Greg Smith has been to a briar before i mean on one of the years that gushu was team canada mm-hmm. and actually they're interesting to note they're one of a uh, very very few provinces that actually had a provincial and their game went two extra ends oh my god can you imagine yes i can imagine that happened <laughs> once at uh in juniors i was i think it was one of the provincial championships i think it went 
to 13 ends. It wasn't the final, but a game still went to 13 ends. Yeah, I, because I was coaching boys that game. Love to hit. <laughs> or it's I've seen it a couple of times. It happened in a provincial game I was coaching, and it uh, although that was a different reason, but. <laughs> But I've seen it too, where somebody had a hit for the win and they rolled out. Uh, I think it's the only way you can uh, blank an extra or two extra ends. All right. So moving forward with Team Northern Ontario, uh, no surprise here, Brad Jacobs. Uh, And funny story. So just to show how like out of the loop I'm becoming. Oh, right. (laughs) I'm getting with curling, just with no curling for the past year. I've kind of like forgotten what happened last year. And while we were kind of prepping for this episode, I was looking through the teams and then I messaged you, Rob, and I was like, oh my God, since when is Kennedy part of Team Brad Jacobs? <laughs> Only to be corrected uh, that Kennedy moved uh, to to Jacobs' team last year, which again, seems like a distant memory now. It does. I'll I'm defend you on that. Anymore. Yeah. I'll defend you on that in that, like, I don't remember what happened yes, like yesterday felt like a week ago. Time has lost all meaning in this, yeah. in this pandemic. And I was kind of surprised because uh, Kennedy has been a lifelong front end player. He went into retirement for a bit, came out of retirement, and now he's a third. Well, I mean, compared to the other guys on the team, um, like the Harden brothers, um, they're great players. But again, I see them as front end players, so... And we saw, or I did, because you were too sick to come, but uh, when we went to the Briar last year in Kingston, which was the last thing I can think of before everybody went into full-on lockdown, uh, Kennedy was there. There was actually a really cool moment, or moment I remember in the game that we were at where um, he called for a measurement and the official nearly completely screwed up the measurement and nearly burnt the rock right away. Or I think... uh, I seem to remember the official measured the rock and just said it's red and was about to kick it, but without showing oh. either people that. And Mark Kennedy had this wonderful look of on his face <laughs> that got caught by the jumbotron, and it was. Uh, I'll send it to you after. It was pretty funny. And oh, by the way, Brad Gushu is ranked number one. Oh, is he? Uh, Brad, uh, Brad Jacobs. Pardon me. Yes, <laughs> Jacob. this is wrong. Brad, Surprising. wrong. Really good, Brad. And I'm just gonna say here, um, I don't trust that they will win this year just because Mark Kennedy has too much hair on his head. The other guys are bald, but he's the only one with hair. And we all know that if you want to be a successful team, God be bald. Yeah. It's a, that that's another factor, by the way, that's going to come up in our predictions. Cause uh, it's one thing if you shave your head, but what if you just go get a hair? Can you get a haircut? Depends where you are in this country. You got to get it beforehand. Uh, Yeah. But Jacobs has always been a dominant team. So I think they're definitely a strong contender. The fact that they're in such crazy shape means they might be better cut out for this field than the rest. Oh, yeah. They've definitely been pumping iron in the basement in uh, Thunder Bay somewhere. <laughs> um, so moving on with, uh, we got a new team coming out of Northwest Territories. Kevin Cooey was a, has been a long time. Or Jamie Cooey. Or Jamie, Kevin Cooey. <laughs> Kevin Cooey's brother, Jamie Cooey, has been a long time uh, representative of the Northwest. Northwest Territories. I think ever since I've been conscious of the Briar, <laughs> it's always been him coming out of there. But we got a new team uh, with Greg Gage as yeah. Skip, Tom Nogler as third. Tom Nogler has been and uh, has been there before. So is Robert Borden and David Aho. And then Brad Patzer, uh, David Aho. I've yeah definitely seen his name. And actually, Tom Nogler, I remember, uh, was the third for Jamie Cooey a long time ago. And I bring that up because one time they a- they actually made the playoffs, Northwest. Oh, right. I remember they that just, year. I, only once, I think. And yeah. I believe Tom Nogler was on that team and he was making shots left and right to us. Uh, so interesting. I, w- I wonder if that's the year that they decided to go harder on the patch or try not to go to the patch as often <laughs> because uh jamie cooey he's uh he tweets about to... yeah he he yeah. on his social media he shows himself at the patch quite a lot yeah if you're gonna find a team at the patch it's gonna be it's gonna be that team but no patch this year that's true so maybe they'll have another run at the the playoffs next is team nova scotia so here we have a change as well as Scott McDonald will be skipping um, the team. So Scott is originally from Ontario, but I think he came in this right. year to to skip the Nova Scotia team. That's right. Um, um, Paul Fleming, longtime Nova Scotia mm-hmm. regular at the Briar, mm-hmm. uh, is on that team. Kevin, uh, am I reading the right province here? Yes. Scott Zachary, Phil Crowell. Crowell and Kevin Willett. Kevin Willett. 
Um, then we got uh, Team None of It. These are uh, new participants. Uh, I think they've this is like their second or third briar. So Peter McKay, who's also not originally from None of It, skipping the team uh, with Jeff Nadeau, Greg Howard, and Jeff Chown. Unfortunately, I don't think there's any relation to uh, Glenn or Russ Howard for no, uh, Greg no. Howard there, as far as I know. <laughs> Maybe they're very, very distant uh, relatives. Yes, they're team number 18. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, then Team Ontario, John Epping with Ryan Fry, Matthew Cam, and Brent Lang. This team, by the way, is uh, ranked number two, the top tops really? in Pool B. Yeah, so they're ranked ahead of Brad Gushu. Which, I mean, of really? course they can beat Brad Gushu, but I wonder how they came up with that. Is it because they were able to play more than some of the other teams? Maybe. You know, because, just quick, or go ahead, you. Yeah, I was going to say, like, John Epping, like, they're a good team, but, I mean, I wouldn't, like, it could go either way. Like, I can see them making the playoffs, but then I can also see them not making the playoffs. And when it comes to, uh, that's the thing, like, I think last year they started well and they really faded. Yeah. Or I seem to remember. And the, the thing is, is that I'm trying to gauge whether they had a season or not. Well, they're out of Toronto, which was never a good place to be for COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure if Br- Brett Lang, he's out of Manitoba because of Jones. She's in oh, Manitoba. Right, yeah. And then Fry, well, he's in Ontario or Northern Ontario. Yeah, I don't know if, like, if he relocated from Thunder Bay to... How is it... This, the Sorry, well, a lot of words here. Um, <laughs> if you're from Northern Ontario, can you still qualify for Ontario in terms of residency? Because you're, like, technically part of Ontario, but curling-wise, you're part of Northern Ontario. That's a good question. I don't think so. I think it should be... Um they should be considered like separate provinces. I don't know where the dividing line yeah. is. Like I know Sudbury is considered North Ontario. Um, that's a good question. Yeah, I never thought about that. Anyways, so yeah, I think uh, I personally would not put them on my, as a pick for making the playoffs this year, but. Only because we have to take top three, but like championship pool for sure. Oh, for sure. But yeah, to but make top, top three, three I don't know. Like, that's going to be tight. Uh, then Team Prince Edward Island, uh, we got Eddie McKenzie, who's back. Oh, yes. And he uh, he's known to have quite, to be quite the vocal skip. <laughs> <laughs> this is the team that I love. <laughs> when I saw that this team was back, I got excited. Oh, wait till you get Eddie McKenzie playing against uh, the next team we're going to go. We're going to talk about Team Quebec. I just have to before we move to Quebec, I have to tell you something about Eddie McKenzie. Yeah. I found an article about him here. Uh, which I won't read the whole thing, but um, it's he's an interesting guy, it would appear, Eddie McKenzie. And um, he's had a pretty rough time at some previous Briars, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, in 2011, it says here, he went 1-10. in 10. Uh, He got outscored 100-32. to 32 In oh If you God. add up all the scores, the Islanders were fined $2,000 for conceding a game after five ends when the rules insisted that teams must complete at least six ends. They were down 11 to one to Glenn Howard uh, at the fifth end break. And uh, when third Richard Hart generously offered to split the fine with them. So. uh, Oh, that's great. Uh, But obviously, come on. Like, I think that's a situation where you should have kind of waived the rules. Was it? Oh, I know. Was it a a featured game? Oh, no, no. I don't think uh, poor Prince Edward Island was ever featured. But but I think yep, I seem really to remember funny. like laughing at that, and I seem to remember um, the same representatives from Prince Edward Island would make it back a couple of times since then, and they've uh, they've not been kicked around as much. They still have a hard time being from the island, but they uh, they're they're much. They've well, been was, a much better team than this little article that I found that's mocking them. Well, wasn't last year the team who went? who represented last year, weren't they like all from from Ontario? That's right. Yeah. I was looking at them going, yeah, why do somehow... I know these guys? Why have I curled against them before? I've never been to, or I've never curled on Prince Edward Island. <laughs> and one more quick thought though on Eddie McKenzie. I don't know if you remember this, but um, in the early days of Twitter, so we're talking a long time ago, or I don't know, maybe it uh-huh. wasn't the early days, but it, I had just learned about it. Let's say that somebody made a uh, fake Kevin Martin Twitter handle. Oh, I remember that. That was gold. Yeah, which uh, I mean, I guess it's 
I think now we have to be more careful about what people put on Twitter and everything. But I thought it was pretty funny at the time. And one little fake thing was that the fake Kevin Martin was pretending to have a longstanding historical rivalry with Eddie McKenzie of Confederate (laughs) Island. I remember him tweeting something like, uh, you're not shaking in the fifth end today, Eddie. We're going the full 10. Buckle up. It's going to be a rough ride or things like calling out Eddie McKenzie on Twitter, which was just, I thought, very funny. <laughs> I remember that fake Martin account. Uh, it was really good. I, see, yeah. I don't think, I don't know if it still exists or not, but I, I would like to see whoever came, whoever owns that account should come Some of back. those things were pretty funny. The, the yeah. fake rivalry with Eddie McKenzie was, was <laughs> curling comic gold as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. All right, so then we have Team Quebecs with Michael Fournier and Martin Kreit as third. Um, Kreit is uh, also notorious for having a quite distinct scream, which, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I would love to see uh, Quebec versus uh, Prince Edward Island. You probably would have to turn your TV down. They will bit. play each other. They're in the same pool. Quebec is ranked 11th overall. Uh, they haven't had much uh, playing time this year either, so I don't. They could have a, ch- a shot at the championship pool, but maybe interesting. Not. We'll yeah, see. I mean, they've Quebec is always at a disadvantage compared yeah. to if they get we, on a good roll. That's right, but this year everybody's pretty much playing on the same level of uh, yeah experience. So all right, then we got Team Saskatchewan with Matt Dunstone, Braden Moscowie, Kirk Myers, and Dustin Kidby again. Solid team have a potential i don't think they'll win but that's right they're ranked seventh overall uh then team yukon sorry do not know any of these guys but skipped by dustin mickelson third alex with two x's peach that's gonna be a pain to like every time you ask someone asks you for your name it's alex with two x's Braden hagen and robert mckinnon Quick thing, by the way, UConn actually had a playoff or was supposed to have a playoff and uh, with Thomas okay. Scoffin. And Thomas Scoffin, it was controversial. His team was declared not eligible because I think one of the players is out of province and could not okay. cross it back into UConn, which I think they argued shouldn't be a big deal because three of them lived in UConn. So three players, that should be enough. But uh, So I don't know all the details, yeah. but it was controversial and the UConn Federation declared that they weren't eligible. So. This is the team. I'd be kind of pissed if I were on that team. Um, okay, and then the three wildcard teams, which are definitely very top contenders. So wildcard one is Mike McEwen with Reed Carruthers, Derek Samagalski, and Colin Hodgson. They're ranked number five. They're in pool A. Wildcard two, Kevin Cooey, the other Cooey brother, um, BJ Newfeld at third, John Morris, and Ben Hebert. Ranked number six. They're in pool B. Yeah, and then finally, wildcard three, Glenn Howard, who uh, is yes. still playing. I, I am just, oh, when so, is he going to retire? Hopefully um, never. But this he's is playing great. With his, <laughs> <laughs> they're not wearing their Weedman jerseys, uh, jackets, so. <laughs> but he's got a team of young guys uh, with Scott Howard, his son, at third, David Mathers at second, and Tim March as lead. And they're alternate, another OG player. Wayne Madaw. Wayne Madaw back again. Fun fact about Glenn yeah. Howard, and I'm pretty sure this is true for Wayne Madaw as well. Um, they're now, or Glenn I know, has now played, will have played in a briar in five different decades. Whoa. Yes, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and now the 2020s. Five decades. I remember they they made that point last year because oh, he was in the wildcard game. I know, uh, we're old. But uh, we uh, they were, uh, what was I going to say? They were in the wildcard game last year and they made mm-hmm. the point, like, if Glenn gets into the field, he'll have played in five separate decades. And I was like, oh my Jeez. God, that's so cool. Well, now he is. Good for you, Glenn. He's going to be hitting 60 now if yeah, he's not um, already over 60, no? Let's just find that out. He's 58. 58, okay. Yeah, he'll be 59 in July. All right, maybe he'll be like... We'll send him be, a birthday card. Yeah, he'll be the Tom Brady of curling, the guy that just never wants to retire. But good for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the fact that he's got like a team of of younger guys kind of keeps him going. And um, but again, I don't think they're going to make it. Um, to no, the top just three. again, Sorry. a victim of the fact that the field is so good. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to do our predictions for oh the playoffs? So, the top three plus the winning team. I bet you want me to go first, don't you? <laughs> 
Uh, if you have your teams, I'm still thinking. Okay, I'm gonna put Newfoundland in, or I'm by, I'm sorry, I mean Team Canada, Gushu. Uh, okay. I will put in. I'll put in Kevin Cooey. I can't bet against him. And yeah. uh, let's go with Botcher. He's always uh, he seems to make the final every year. It seems like. I I think mine are pretty similar to yours. I'm just seeing if there is someone else. It's just Jacobs. I think might have a chance as well. Yeah, I just we're don't we're leaving know. out somebody really good, no matter what. Yeah, I just don't know who to replace him with. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna go Gushu as well. Jacobs instead of Kui and then Botchers. I think, yeah. Okay. I think let's go with that. And for the winning team, I mean, Botchers made quite a few finals. Like, he's the guy who keeps losing finals. Mm -hmm. So, eventually, I feel like they should make it. But at the same time, I kind of... Yeah, it's a tough call. I'm... You know what? I'm just going to go Gushu again. Yeah, I Go was gonna say I was gonna say Gushu as well. Uh, I predict we'll have two straight years of both representatives coming out of Canada not being able to play in the worlds. Because <laughs> I'm calling it here too. I think uh, the men's worlds are, like we said, probably going to be canceled. I think so too. If anything, I'd be very surprised if they do move uh, go forward with it. Because um, yeah, also I don't even know if other countries are having playdowns or not. Um, or how they're selecting their own teams. But yeah, I think we'll be good. It'll be nice to have a, a Briar Championship. I wonder if they're going to have, um, same for the Scotties, I wonder if they're going to do like the other sports have been doing where they have like background fan noise, even though there's no one oh, in the crowd. Oh yeah, I wonder. That's a good question. I wonder if you can get some cowbell in there, um, <laughs> some like foghorns or stuff like that. I wonder. if it's going to be very quiet. It should be pretty easy to simulate because curling crowds are fairly quiet until there's a nice shot. Yeah. So you can have the nice shot button that you press whenever somebody makes something really <laughs> like good. Like bells. So Kelly, with the, uh, I guess, well, we've just gone through the briar, but the Tournament of Hearts is what we're going to start with uh, in a week's mm -hmm. time where we'll have to correct everything we've got wrong. So I am going to ask you a question here uh, that is sure to be contentious. Uh, it's going to get us a lot of hate mail, I bet. I'm putting you on the spot. Are you ready? Okay. Who is the greatest woman's curler of all time? Oh. We'll do the same with men, I guess, at some point. But with the Tournament of Hearts coming first, let's... Uh... Coming up. You know, this is a hard question. Because if you want to go with someone who's not playing right now, like there's definitely some great women curlers from back in the day. But also if you compare them to the women the, the women playing now, it, like the game has changed so much. So I think it's hard to compare them. Um, I mean, Sandra Schmerler is definitely one that comes up, but there's so many other new female curlers that I think are better mm. than her now. But again, you're comparing two different time periods. I think Holman is going to go down in history as probably one of the best. Probably. It's, it's an interesting uh, question. And I know yeah. it's kind of a pointless, stupid question, to be honest, that it's just meant to like get people arguing with each other. I know I've argued with uh, certain family members over this. Yeah, I think Jones is definitely one of them, too, as much as I'm not like a big Jones fan. Oh, wait, which one? Colleen or Jennifer? I know. No, but... Jennifer Jones. Yeah. But Colleen I think too. she was. But that's interesting because I just Googled it and. Uh, so Jen Jennifer has six titles, uh, looking to make it seven, yeah. and like we said, move into a tie with Tom Brady. Colleen has six, and the interesting oh, thing with wow. Colleen is that um, her earliest one was in 1982, and her last yeah. one was in 2004. So 22 years apart. Um, I guess Jones is getting up there too in terms of how far apart her titles are. Uh, but mm -hmm. to me, that's interesting because the game has changed so much that if you can be at the top of your game over such a wide range of years, I think that deserves some extra consideration. So True. Colleen uh, deserves to be mentioned in the top. Uh, oh, definitely. Definitely. But I think, too, the game has kind of improved exponentially. So what mm -hmm. I mean is that if you compare curling from like the 70s to the 90s, like it has improved. But I think 
not as much between the 90s and right now. Yeah. And I, I really love that you said uh, Sandra Schmerler as well, because if you actually look up the numbers on Sandra, she, I believe, won three Tournament of Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, she had, and unlike the other Canadian champion, she is a much, much better international record. Like she, I mm-hmm. think she won every world championship that she played in and she won Olympic gold. And the thing too, what's hard with Sandra is that unfortunately, like she passed away at a young age. So yeah, we don't very... know exactly like how much more she would have achieved had That's she really not sad passed. about it. I mean, and yeah, like, was, well, I mean, obviously it was horrible, but they were in the prime of their, uh, so I think just whenever we have this discussion, you have to acknowledge that she was on pace to shatter every record. I think if you ask me that question again and like give me three seconds to respond, my response would be Sandra Schmerler. But then when you think about it and you take in all the other female curlers that are playing right now, it's a, a difficult it's a difficult decision. That's it. Yeah. It's not yeah. to discredit any current players like Jones and Holman, but it's just it's interesting that it's a. Uh, the sport has evolved so much over the years that uh, I think you deserve extra consideration if you were able to dominate for a long period of time. For sure. And I think too- Not as exciting um, as I thought it was. I thought we were going to like have this full on- <laughs> I thought this going to be like the, the swath versus straight cut thing that we, uh, we've gone through. Maybe, if we, uh, maybe we can talk about this next episode because we're starting to run long here. But I think the- I have a harder time picking the best male curler because I think there's a lot of guys yeah. to we'll pick save from. that for next week we'll have a full-on political debate you know what I'll take this week to think about my answer and uh, come back to you with someone and we're keeping this international right it's not only female like uh, Canadian curlers okay yeah I hadn't thought about or that. are we keeping uh, it Canadian no we can make it international yeah because there's a lot of great international curlers um, as well yeah no fair game it might be easier to measure like Canadian success just because we're closer to that. But um, hey, whatever. If you make the case, you make the case. All right. So that's it for this week's episode. Uh, I think we plan to talk about the mixed doubles, but uh, clearly we had a lot to say about the Briar. So catch us next week for a mixed right. doubles It'll all talk. change by then anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. who knows? I bet you tomorrow they'll announce some new changes. All right. Bye. Enjoy the tournament of hearts. Bye.